many are getting weak, many are failing, and many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Heal the sick. Empower destinies. Let prophetic words be brought into a place of manifestation. Let your children encounter you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody shout a big amen. Amen. Oh, as I shout a big amen. Amen. God bless you. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Why oh, say hallelujah? Come on, answer when you come to the house of God. I've taught you that faith is and responses. It's not what you think. Amen and amen. It's not what you think. Somebody will say that, oh, I believe, I believe. Things don't, you know those days they said that when you believe or in snakes, you will see a snake. Uh, but and sometimes you have been seen thinking about snakes. You see snakes all the time. Uh, yeah, so really, that is a notion of men. That is a notion of men. And it does not work all the time. Somebody had an experience. Hey, I thought about a snake and I saw a snake and it became a belief. But you see, it is not the truth. It is not the truth. Are we together? So there are some concepts that as we go on in life, we may pick up, but they are not the truth. And because they are not the truth, they don't have enduring relevance. But there's one thing that has enduring relevance, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God is not just a fact. It is the truth. Amen and amen. It is the truth. And so when you fashion your life by it, you are guaranteed of results. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, faith is not an assumption. Faith is not an assumption. You see, the sooner and the quicker we learn the things of God, the faster our breakthroughs will come. The sooner we will see the manifestations of God. The sooner we will see the expressions of God in our lives. But when we delay, there are some things, you cannot bypass it. Even mercy will not speak for you. Are we together? Oh, I said, are we together? I said, are we together? I said, are we together? Glory to Jesus Christ. So faith is in responses. You need to learn how to respond. When you come to the house of God, you don't need to be cajoled to respond. You should respond. You should know what you are looking for. Amen and amen. So imagine that day you decide that, oh, I'm dull. And then the man of God is also hungry. And then he's not able to uh, shift you into a certain gear. Does that mean that that day you will not be blessed? Ah, are we together? Yeah. Many years ago, I made a personal decision that any time I go to the house of God, I'm not going to let it be dependent on anybody. Me, I will let it be dependent on me. So it does not matter how the atmosphere is, I'll go and I'll hear from God. Others will go and they are like, today the church wasn't powerful. Me, I left with a prophetic word. Are we together? So learn how to take charge of things in the realm of the spirits. Praise God forevermore. Now, if I'm to ask you, what is the reason? Why are you here tonight? Uh, I, what, why are you here tonight? You came to sing, yeah? 
came to sing and wear a nice uniform. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, very nice uniform. It fits you perfectly. Uh, why are you here tonight? Tina, don't look to the corner. Why are you here tonight? Mm, you came to remove things on both sides. Amen and amen. You, you need to understand. You need, you need to have that personal conviction. And that is what will drive your faith. That will bring you into your place of manifestation. Quicker. Faster. There are many people who um, we started together, but we are not at the same place. Why? Because our revelation, our insight into the word of God is different. Your insight will affect your manifestation. You cannot receive what you have, has not been revealed to you. Where there is no revelation, there is no manifestation. Praise God forevermore. I said, praise God forevermore. Tonight, let your spiritual insight be deep. Say, I'm getting deeper. Say, I'm getting deeper. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Give a clap offering to Jesus. Tonight, I have a number of things uh, I want us to do. Praise God forevermore. And uh, we have been fasting. Today is day seven of our fasting and prayer. Amen and amen. How many of us have been fasting? If you have been fasting, give me a wave. You give me a wave. Hallelujah. If you have been eating banku, you can also give me a wave. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody this early morning, when we have all woken up, consecrated ourselves that it's a Sunday, that Lord, if we have not fasted the whole week this Sunday, yeah, we, we put ourselves early morning, you are eating banku. Hey. Two. <laughs> Two balls of banku. I, it is a serious matter. Amen and amen. Then if we are not fasting there, I can imagine. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Two balls of banku. Alright. Let me go back to my ball bit again now. This one, yeah. Amen. Give a clap of ring to Jesus. Hallelujah. So we have been fasting and uh, prophetically the Lord gave us a word and said that this week is our week at the altar, a week of the altar, where we are going to encounter the altar, we are going to set up altars, we are going to destroy altars, and altars are very, very powerful instruments where spirituality is engaged. If you don't understand the mystery about altars, you may end up becoming a victim. If you don't understand the mystery about altars, you realize that certain things will be controlling and influencing your life and you are not in control. You are not in control. If you don't understand altars, you can jeopardize the generations after you. Altars are very important spiritual uh, elements that can affect how the outcomes of life. So altars are, are, are very, very important. And by the grace of God, our, this past week, we have been praying about altars. We have been praying about altars. And then uh, yesterday and the day before, uh, Reverend Isaac Amidini, also led by the Spirit, also engaged us in that same area of our prayer and of discussion. And I don't know anybody who came for any of those meetings uh, will know that altars are very, very vital. Altars are very, very vital. Altars are places where humanity meets divinity. Altars are, are, are places where a man meets the object of worship and there from that point they begin to define certain legalities
realities in the realm of the spirit. Altars are points where spiritual operations and spiritual manifestations are, act, are, 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 are transacted. Altars are places of legalities in the realm of the spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. So an altar can be a place where a pronouncement is made and that pronouncement can affect generations that have not even been born. Why? Because altars carry the souls of men. Altars carry the souls of men. Glory to Jesus Christ. Altars are reference points that influence destiny. Praise God forevermore. Can can we hold on with that? We will get into that area very soon. Amen. I want to establish some point before we launch into the Spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. So altars are reference points that influence destiny. In Matthew chapter 23, you read from the verse number 18 to the verse number 19, Jesus spoke about altars, and in this time, he was talking about people swearing. There are some people, because they don't even believe themselves, when they are swearing, they want to swear by something. Hallelujah. So, they were talking about swearing. And some want to swear by their mother, some want to swear by the earth, some want to swear by heaven, some want to swear by God, some want to swear by the altar. So Jesus said, and whosoever swears by the altar, he said, it is nothing. It is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. You fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. So the people were saying that when you are swearing and you say you swear by the altar, it is nothing, but when you swear by the gift on the altar, there it means that you have, you have really done something. So Jesus was telling them that the important thing actually is the altar itself. The important thing is the altar itself. Praise God forevermore. So altars are reference points. You can refer to it whenever you are making a, a certain statement. You can ref- it affects and influences generations. It affects and influences destinies. I also shared uh, that an altar is a place uh, where sacrifices are made to deities and gifts are brought to the deities for the for them to recognize men. So an, at an altar, when an altar is established, there is a gift or a sacrifice that is placed upon it or in some in cases there are vows that are made and when the sacrifices are placed upon the altar that is built up uh, there is a recognition that spiritual being that entity that god that spirit that governs the altar now recognizes the man and then speaks certain words into the life of that individual or or grants the petition of the one that is presenting the is presenting the sacrifice remember some time ago jesus said if anybody is going before the altar with a sacrifice and his uh, and, and he has some somebody has what uh, somebody has done something or, or is offended with somebody what was he supposed to do he should drop the gifts before the altar and go back and go and reconcile do you know why the verses before he was talking about prayer he was talking about prayer so when you go before an altar you are going with your sacrifice and you are going with your prayer request uh, if you are going to uh, summon somebody you are going with your summonology or whatever it is that you are going to present so an altar is a place of spiritual transaction and so he was saying that if you don't go and reconcile it can affect whatever you are going to do it can affect your prayer so an altar is also a place uh, where you go and and transact in prayer and then you present your gifts why because you want recognition you know that the spirit being is the one that can answer your prayer back in ancient greece 
they, they had several gods, several spirits. We have the God of love, God of war, God of food, God of riches, God of everything. They had God of everything, God of men, God of women, God of children. They had everything. So, and, and they had special temples that they had built onto these gods. So it is, it is said that whenever they wanted to go and petition, let's say somebody wants marriage or somebody wants love, and so go before the God of love and say that, ah, and go and pray to the God of love. Many a times the person will have to carry a sacrifice. Sometimes it could be a jewel. Sometimes it could be a, a, an animal. Sometimes it could be a drink. Whatever it is. But then there must be an offering that is made because you cannot come before that spirit empty-handed. There must be a transaction. There must be a legality. There must be an exchange. So an altar is a place where there can be an exchange. Destinies can be exchanged. Situations can be exchanged. Things that pertain to you that you don't like, you can place it there and pick new things. And you can pick what is of others or other things. You see, anytime you are dealing with a demon, a demon has nothing to offer a demon or a spirit being that apart from God, the creator has nothing to offer. So when you go before an idol to or a fetish priest or any of these little gods or so-called gods, and you go and they present anything to you, what they have done is that they have stolen somebody's and given. They have stolen somebody's and given. That is why, you see, anytime somebody, you see people lining up at a, a fetish priest, it is a very dangerous thing. Why? Because for anything that they give to somebody, they are stealing from another person. They are stealing from another person. That is why sometimes they say that go and pick somebody and present that person. And if that person, ah, that person's spirit is showing, they say that, no, we cannot use this one. But I watched a certain video, and that guy, when they went, they said, Oh, this guy, they have used him already. <laughs> he said, Ah, this guy, they have no use him already. <laughs> amen and amen. Glory to Jesus. So, altar is a place of exchanges. If you understand what an altar is and what, what it means, you can transact spiritually. You can call on your God and he will respond if you know what to do when you are dealing with that altar. Now, if we talk about altars, we need to understand that we have the altar of the Most High God. Because God is a spirit. God is a deity. So, there's an altar even when you get into the heavenlies. There's an altar. That is why in the temple and the tabernacle, when God was giving Moses the uh, instructions, there was an altar that was built. When Solomon was building the temple, there was an altar that was built. Because in the realm of the spirit, in the heavens, there is a spiritual altar also. Now, apart from that, with all these spirits, demonic entities that are operating and calling themselves gods, they also have altars. And because they are altars, they are not creators. You see, the real altar must be a creator. Because they are not creators, the only way by which they are able to uh, transact is to steal from others and to present to those who who worship them. Praise God forevermore. Praise the Lord. Now, if you are not spiritually strong, they can affect you. Many years ago, I was ministering to a certain young man who had ent- uh, was indulging in occultism. And he was telling, I asked him to tell me about some of the things that they do. And he said, that, oh, it is very powerful and very effective. Anytime he comes home from school and doesn't have money, uh, there's no money in his pocket or no money in his account, he just, uh, uh, he just puts, he gets out of the house, wears a, a certain kind of, he just gets up, and then he puts his hands in his pocket, and then he walks around the community chanting. 
saying certain things under his breath. He said that the things that he has swallowed allow certain uh, dwarfs, dwarf spirits to work with him. So he said that when he's going, the dwarf spirits will be stealing from other people. And by the time he gets to the house, money day pockets. Money day pockets. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm even tempted to say that a guy should go and be <laughs> finance minister because he can get some money <laughs> to help the country. Amen and amen. And he said that it was real. But anytime they come around a genuine man of God, he said that when people like you come, we start feeling certain fires. So he said that whenever uh, certain men of God come to the school to come and minister, maybe during their gospel rock show, he said that all of them, every one of them, they are feeling uncomfortable. They can feel fire all over them. They can feel fire all over them. The, the last time that guy said he's sick, he's going maybe it's uh, maybe totally sickness. <laughs> then some fire was locating him. Some fire was because the demons that they are working with, they cannot stand the spirit of God. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, we need to understand altars. We need to understand altars. And so, if there's an altar in your family, almost every family, in fact, every family has an altar. Every family has an altar. Whether you came, you know about it or not. Because what you don't know is that our forefathers, they were very, very spiritual. They were very, very spiritual. And they engaged in a lot of things. Even those who call themselves whites today and the Samuels say they don't believe in God. They should go and trace back to everybody started from a religious background. An altar is a place where religious sacrifices and religious rituals are engaged. It's, uh, it is, uh, if you look in the dictionary, they say it's a raised platform. Basically, it's a place that has been built for religious transactions. In a Christian church or a Roman Catholic church, they say that it is a place where the communion and the wine and the bread they are sanctified so that they can, they can become sanctified so that when they are presented to the people, it will have spiritual meaning. Praise God forevermore. So, everyone, no matter who, who, who you are, there are certain altars. Now, I told you that an altar is a place of transaction. When there's a transaction, in most cases, there's what? Giving and what? Receiving. So, when you are being given something by the God or the Spirit uh, at the altar, there's something that you also have to give back. In some places, when they went, they said that we want male children in the family. Because of that, we, we don't need prosperity in the family. So, we are selling the prosperity of our family so that we can have male children. And so, the reason why that family, nobody's making it, nobody's breaking through, is because the prosperity of the family has been sold for male children. You look into the family, you see a lot of men, but nothing is happening in their lives. A lot of men, but nothing is happening in their life. A lot of men, but they are not seeing any, they are not seeing any progress in their life. And you look, you trace it generation after generation after generation. A certain crazy forefather somewhere. Who asked you to make a decision for my life? But they are so, those, those vows are so powerful that they can work from generation to generation to generation. The other time I told you about how a man's marriage was not working and he was praying and all of a sudden a spirit being appeared, a spirit appears and says, hey, nobody has seen me in this family. I've been in this family for a number of years. I think mentioned a number of years, more than 70 years. But you are very strong because of you. I'm gone. And that was the end of it. That was the end of it. 
something must have introduced that spirit. And because nobody was spiritually strong enough to deal with it, that things started taking over. The sins started taking over. Sometimes you go to a village. Eh? Uh, I, I don't know where it's bright. You can ask bright. You go to a village, and then there's a, a, the, the next town has a, a, a electricity. The other town has electricity. All the towns they trust our village nation. Every town has electricity, but that town, yeah, year in year out, no electricity. Why? Because the fetish priests say that they like darkness. And so, governments will make agreements. They will speak at parliament on various offices on that. Oh, we are going to extend electricity over here. But they will get there in some way, somehow. And projects will not come on. The projects will not come on. You see, I'm trying to let you understand that there are things that can control lives. They can even affect governmental operations. And so, if you don't rise up and deal with certain altars, you realize that your life becomes impeded or limited in one area or the other. In some, I remember in a certain village, there was a certain, all the women had been sold. All the women had been sold. So you cannot marry. You can go and give birth and come back, but you cannot marry. You cannot marry. In some families, you see, that's why when you are going to marry, you need to be very prayerful. It's not about, oh, I, I love you, I love you. This is, you can only sing, I love you, Lord. But you, can, you cannot be doing that thing. And, and you can only sing, I love you, Lord, and you don't have to think twice. But you, when you meet another human being from another family, if, if the skin color is different, you should know that maybe, maybe the skin color cries an altar. <laughs> so, oh, we want dark and lovely people in the family, so we have sold our, our gold. There are some families, the rings in the families are in a shrine somewhere in the realm of the spirits. And so because they have been married already to the shrine God, every woman that comes in the family belongs to us. Or every third girl in the family this, this year, February, will be doing, we will be having a special meeting for firstborns. Firstborns. We'll be dealing with certain things regarding firstborns. And when I talk about firstborns, I'm talking about maybe you are not necessarily that you are the firstborn, but maybe in the family you are the first to do something. First own a car, first to have a house, first. You are, you are playing a first, first business, first something. Because those things also come under attack. Remember even God said that, he told the children of Israel, he said that the first of every animal, the first of every crop, and the first of every human being belongs to me. That was his covenant requirement. That is where first fruit came from. His covenant requirement, he said the first of everything belongs to me. Whether animal, human being, crop, every first thing belongs to me. So if the children of Israel are not obedient to that, he, he withdraws a certain kind of grace from them. He gets offended and says, Ah, you are cursed with a curse. Why? Because you have robbed me. What I have said that I will, give, I, I will take from you or I need from you, you are not giving it to me. So you are cursed with a curse. You are cursed with a curse. See, why? The altars are the places where covenants are transacted. Any evil covenant that has been working in your family, tonight as we lift up your voice in prayer once and for all, let it be broken. I said, let it be broken. I said, let it be broken. Any evil covenant that has been working against marriages in your family, once and for all, let it be broken. You see, in some families, you even find specific strange sicknesses. 
that specific sicknesses at a certain stage, everybody must have that kind of sickness. They have sold them out. They have sold them out. Tonight, let fire catch and destroy every evil altar. I said, let fire catch and destroy every evil altar. In the name of Jesus. And the spirits are so strong that sometimes they assign people to be attendants. So, they will have a festival. And while they are having a festival, all of a sudden, eh, when you go among the guns, you find them there. In almost every, every, every tribe in Ghana. Whilst they have all of a sudden, somebody will be cooking her food. And then some spirit will come and fall upon her. Then she will start dancing and then start prophesying. <laughs> amen and amen. Demonic prophecies. Some come on, and they even start climbing trees like us. They start climbing trees like I they start doing a da- war dance. Hey, 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 hey. No, please, my own, I'm pretending. You know? <laughs> Don't run away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Why? They said that that person has been selected. Look, anybody that they have selected. Some of us, the reason why we are struggling is because we have chosen Christianity. They are looking for us. They say, come and carry a pot on your head. You, you say you do kabi kabi. Eh? They say, come and carry, how do you call a pot on your head? And then, kuku. Hey, it's good. If I never say crap, Baba. <laughs> but you see, thank God for the Holy Ghost. As soon as the word came, something blocked there. I said, hey, hold on, man. Hold on, man of God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, you see, we have a man and a deed when they come together. <laughs> Just like the man and the goat, they become a mango. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. They want you. They've written your name. They are looking for you. And when, when, for instance, for one reason or the other, the person leaves, they begin to navigate in the realm of the spirit looking for that person. Set up a network. Somebody disappeared and two years they could not find her. Ah, they found her. Uh huh, we have found her. And they located GPS, spiritual GPS. Spiritual GPS. Say, no, you belong to us. Come back. Come back. Tonight, anything that is trying to call you back to a life of darkness, a, li- a life of pain, a life of trouble, may that thing catch fire. I say, may that thing catch fire. Listen, you need to let your amen sound like thunder. May that thing catch fire. Listen, I do shake it. The Bible says that we have an altar with God. Listen, tonight, I told you that the altar is a place of transaction. If there's something that you are carrying that you know you don't like, Come and put it on the altar. Say that, Lord. Let's say it's a sickness. You say that, Lord. You said that by your stripes I am healed. And you need to believe it. Is the altar's work with faith? Even the unbelievers, when they don't believe, it affects their. So they work it for you to believe. But yes, their belief is a fear. So they'll put fear in you. So whilst you are doing it, you know what you have seen. So they put fear in you. In Christianity, it's not fear, it's faith. Do you know fear and faith are on the same wavelength? They work in the same way. They work in the same way. 
They work in the same way. So faith comes by hearing. Fear also comes by hearing. Faith comes when we see things. Fear also comes when you see things. They will give you a certain dream and they will tell you certain things. So most people who are, most of these fetishists, when they are working, they are hearing things. They are hearing things. They are hearing things. That's why when they, you want to say, they say that you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know. This thing is more real than you. So them, for you to save them, you need power. You need them to see some power. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, you need to, and said by his stripes, you said by your stripes, I'll be healed. And so, according to the transactions of this altar, Lord, take this thing for me and deposit it on altar so that the health on the altar can come into my body. Poverty. Lord, you said by your, but he said you became poor that I may become rich. And so this is not allowed. So take this poverty from my family. Take this poverty from my bloodline. Let it be deposited upon the altar. You see, when people are stealing from, look at recently, people are saying that, oh, uh, alpha, alpha generation, alpha night, alpha, alpha, alpha hour. They had all night and then they took off, off an offering. And people are saying that, eh, hey, cocoa season. They are crazy. Do you know why? You see, what you people see as money on the altar, it is actually people's iniquities. People's problems, people's sicknesses, people's disease. So, if you, you see, that is why it is not everybody who can eat at the altar. It's not everybody who can eat at the altar. Look at when, uh, what was Elisha's uh, Gehazi? Yesi Muswaba Obemu Ankasa see Debi Muswani Hunko say no me are for chopam I for chopam he was seeing money he didn't know that the man of God was seeing a sickness he saw that this one is he didn't is he didn't allow him to even enter the house so he gave him a prophetic direction to go and throw the thing in water you see someone you know uh, my mother was telling me something. They said that me, I don't believe anything. But you see, I believe who? But I let my belief in the word of God be more. So sometimes when you, you attend to somebody who is sick you, at the hospital, they, 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 they should hit their hands on the wall. Boom, boom, boom. Why? Because they are saying that sickness is supposed to be in the walls. So the man had given him a prophetic direction that, hey, sickness should be in the water. But he knew that the the career of the disease is, is, is connected with the person that can be a transfer also into the sacrifice. And so that he cannot carry that thing. He said, you, it's not that I don't need money. You take your money away. Because if you study the operations of a prophet, prophets usually operate with sacrifices and seeds and offerings. The man so money what the people don't know is that people's pains, people's sicknesses, people's troubles was what they had put over there. Sometimes we even need to be careful about who we ask to count the offerings. after today. Good to Amen and amen. Say, I don't know if I'm going to show you Oh, I problem. But the Bible says that at the altar, that's when the man of God shall take the iniquity. So it is not everybody who can do that. If you are not called by God, you cannot do that. The Bible calls us who have been called to that assignment, those who come in the name of the Lord. So we are doing a program, and then we are taking offerings, and somebody is sitting in the congregation calculating. 
You see, sometimes because we want them to understand from the human level, we start connecting it with expenses of the church. But listen, it is not the offerings that take care of the expenses of the church. God takes care of the, the expenses of the church. So, in, when you study the Bible, offerings don't come to the church. Offerings come to God. And it is God now who now says, that, give it to the priest. I've released it for the priest. Because if it doesn't pass through God for sanctification, even the priest cannot survive. Even the priest cannot survive. So somebody say, and see, and, and in, 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 the, in, um, in the traditional sector, they don't do that too. Because they believe in their gods more than we believe in our God. A church leader say, I feel, 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 so you are sitting in your own capacity as the head of the church and you are determining what money should be used for. Is any man of God that does not consult God about how to use the offerings or the giving that come to the church will end up in trouble? Because you see, those things Sicknesses, poverty, all those things, they are spirits. They are spirits. And so you get a higher power to break it. And so you get a higher altar. And that is what Elijah engaged when he said, Ah, these people, the prophets of Baal and uh, Jezebel, they have charmed the entire nation. So what I can do is to engage the altar. Let it be a spa, a, 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 a battle between altars. Tonight, any altar that has been speaking against your life, may the altar of Jehovah speak on your behalf. And silence the altar. I said, silence the altar. I said, silence the altar. Silence the altar. And break it down forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. So it became a, 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 a battle of altars. A battle of altars. Look, when Abraham encountered God in Genesis chapter number 12. And God spoke to him and he obediently left. You go down to, I think, somewhere around the verse number, Genesis 12, I think, somewhere around the verse number 12. God appeared to him again. And then the Bible said, Abraham was built an altar unto the Lord. And that was when the covenant, the man understood spiritualities. He built an altar unto the Lord before he even progressed to Egypt. You get to Genesis chapter number 15, he built, he established another altar. Establish another altar. And then you go to Genesis chapter number 22. Then he uses his own son as an altar. When God saw the level of this man's understanding of spiritual things, he said, ah, I have tested you and I have found out that you are true. So he said, with blessing will I bless you. 
and multiply will I multiply you. And he said, anybody that curses you shall be cursed. Anybody that blesses you shall be blessed. So he jumped to Numbers, I think chapter number 16. When Balaam was supposed to curse Israel, Israel was walking under the operations of a higher altar. And so when he tried to establish the seven different altars against Israel, every one of them, when he gets to the top, to the top of the mountain, to engage in the spiritualities against Israel, he will meet God and say that these people, I have blessed them. There is a covenant of blessing. When that covenant of blessing is over your life, no matter what altar they have lifted against you, that altar will speak for you and will silence them. Don't walk as an ordinary person. There are some people when they say they should come and establish an altar. There are some people over here, you have never given your all to God before. You see, so it will be difficult for you to enjoy the kind of blessings Abraham enjoyed. The man literally gave his only begotten son. Literally went to sacrifice his only begotten son. That is why the altar and the power of the blessing I was speaking for him was so powerful. You have never given your all before. You have never cleared everything in your account or your wallet before. So your altars are not very strong. You can spend on other things. But when it comes to establishing something that will speak for you in the realm of the spirit, you are calculating, calculating, calculating. You are calculating. Oh, yeah, mommy, my sister sees me. Tell your offering. Yamini Makumim. Obua. Was a basset over 2500 cities. Tell your Bibia. You go and spend it. You go and spend it. Many of us. Obaso Talabaya. Let a sickness that they say will kill us come upon us. If we have hidden money, we go and remove all to go and take it to the hospital. You want to move on and take it to the hospital. But when God speaks to you that my daughter, I want you to make a sacrifice that will make you vulnerable to me. No, 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 no. You see, you have to be wise. The Bible tells us our faith. I see, he also gives us wisdom. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how I forgot how they usually say this prayer. With the spirituality, but God has also given us wisdom, <laughs> common sense. Now, they are very wise. They are very wise. And so when the enemy strikes, there is a possibility of getting access to them. And some people, it becomes very difficult to pray. Very difficult. You even pray for them uh, before you start seeing some changes. Because the covenants that are speaking about their lives, they are weak. So how do I know? He that sows sparingly shall also report sparingly. And so if you sow spuriously, your covering will also be spurious. Your covering will be spurious. I, I, I this is the truth. Yesterday when I, uh, Apostle Isaac uh, Amidini was saying it, I was just, I was like, sit down. This man is saying it all. He's saying it all. He's saying it all. He's saying it all. Is it, it the realm of the spirit works on seed fatal? What you sow is what you reap. Covenants about sowing and reaping. What? How are you sowing? 
What is the quality of your sowing? What is the attitude of your sowing? What is the consistency of your sowing? How strong is your altar? And everybody has a personal altar. Your prayer life. Prayer is a transaction. How consistently do you pray? How is your prayer life? You see, the less, the weaker your prayer life, the weaker your altar. Because altars work with words. What, how much are you releasing? You pray a little now, then you are tired. Eh? Uh, 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 yawning. You pray. And the reason, and you see, any man who does not pray, and does not know how to pray very well, will find it difficult to give. How do I know? You will not hear God a lot. You will not hear God a lot. And if you don't hear God a lot, you will not get his directions for your life. You will not, not know the things that are important. Glory to Jesus Christ. I'm taking my time too much. Eh? I should hurry up and go and pray. Let's pray so that we'll go towards all this. May God help you to build an altar. Listen, altars are not easy to build. So sometimes you come and say, that, Lord, I'm establishing an altar. That could probably be the foundation. African Uchu Foundation. African Uchu Foundation. And you see, the beautiful thing about altars is that they even live after you. So sometimes the altar that you are establishing is going to your third, fourth, fifth generations. And so God, you see, God does not forget. So God will say that, ah, because of what Asimese did for the house of God or for that missionary, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, I will bless his son. I will bless this, 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 her generation after her. Listen, this year, as you are building your life, build altars. Be very intentional. Be very deliberate. Be very intentional. Build things that will speak for you in the future. It will amaze you how your life is going to turn out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Now, let me just quickly wrap up and then we are going to pray. Altars have the beings that attend to them. So, in the, in, in, in the, the altar of God is attended to by angels. You study from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse number 18. An angel came from the altar. Demons also attend to demonic altars. Altars that are not of God, they are attended to by demons. So the demons go looking for the people who are connected to that altar. The altars also have voices. Revelation chapter 16 verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar say. So there were voices coming out of the altar. So the altars speak concerning the families. The altars speak concerning the people in the family. Adika Funa Shafia Taladi Any family altar that has been speaking against you. Tonight let that altar be broken down. I don't know, but I just, as I was just reading it, I just saw an altar and it's established in somebody's family. And it is, it is, it fights against people who decide to follow the Lord. It wants to destroy the children and to scatter them. But you are exempted. I said you are exempted. I said you are exempted. Altars store the souls of men and generations. So that is why you, you are about third or fourth generation down, but the altar is still speaking for you. Your souls have been, have been stored over there. 
Revelation chapter 6 verse 9. And it was, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that had been slain for the word of God. So their souls, these ones were not being kept at a regular place where dead people are kept. But these ones were being kept in the altar. It keeps the souls of men. So, a certain family, all the women, all the men, all their prosperity, all their marriage, everything about them is in a certain altar. It's in a certain altar. Tonight, whatever altar is keeping anything that belongs to you, that altar catches fire. I said that altar catches fire. I said that altar catches fire. In the name of Jesus Christ. When the altars of Baal were erected in Israel, it affected the entire nation. All of them could not serve God anymore. All of them were turned away from the thing. It took on Elijah to come and break that pattern. Tonight, I stand as an Elijah in your life. Any negative pattern that has been continuing in your life, let it break today. I said, let it break today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And altars are empowered by vows and sacrifices. Vows and sacrifices. Genesis chapter 28, 16 to 18. After Jacob had encountered God in the dream, he said that, Ah, God was here and I did not know it. Surely indeed this is the house of God. Verse number 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and he took the stone he had put for his pillows and he set it up for a pillar. That pillar is an altar. And he poured oil onto it. He made an altar at the place where he had discovered to be the house of God. And he poured oil. That was what he had at that time. And after he had done that... Two verses later, he made a vow. So, sometimes you may not have any material to present to the spirit at that time, but a vow can suffice. And the dangerous thing about vows is that when you make a vow and you don't pay the vow, it comes after you. It comes after you. That's why the Bible says, don't be in a haste to go and make a pledge in the house of God. God does not delight in the, in the vows of foolish men. So somebody came, oh, uh, pastor, I will give this, I'll give this, I'll give this. And then you go and then you have a second thought. Hey, I did, did I? No, 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 God is merciful. God is saying that you're a foolish man. It will come after you. It will come after you. It will come after you. You made a vow to the Lord. And you see, it's so, so serious. You need to do everything you can to make sure you settle vows. It will come after you. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, with vows. Uh, yesterday, uh, Reverend Medini was telling us about a certain woman whose husband was at, at the ver- on, the, on the verge of death. And prophetically, God gave her the instruction to give her. She said, leave your, dead, your dying husband's side. And go and look for a place in the hospital where you can make, you can talk to God alone. And tell the Lord, the Lord, I am making this vow that if you save my husband, so and so and so is what I will do. So, at that time, she didn't have any money. It, it, it was not a time now to go to the bank. She went to make the vow. You know what? God saved the husband. God saved the husband. By the grace of God, after the husband started walking, she came back and she came to see the man of God. Said, man of God, when you give me that instruction, even me, I didn't even believe. But when you give me that instruction, this is what I told the Lord. And this is the money. This is what I told the Lord I'm going to give if you save my husband. After today, the man is alive. They are doing well. And they are thriving. The power. 
You see, you empower your altar with your sacrifice or with your vow. Jacob made a vow. When you read First Samuel chapter number 1, First Samuel chapter number 1, the verse number 22, verse number 22, I believe. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. First Samuel chapter number 1. Verse number 20, 20, let's start from 21. And the man Elkanah and all his house went out to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. The yearly sacrifice and his vow. So altars must be renewed. Altars must be renewed. You see, the people on the other side, they understand this better than us. That is why you see, you never finish giving tithes. You never pay, finish paying your first fruits. You never, that, you see, you need to keep your altar on fire. Uh, I, remember, I think I heard Pastor Wisdom talking about uh, sharing us where the scriptures say that the, the fire on the altar must ever be burning. Must continually be burning. You need to keep renewing the altars. Let it keep speaking for you. Why? Because you're the, en- the adversary is not dead. The enemy is not gone yet. And will keep trying to come after you. So you must make sure that you are fortified and protected. Even look at Job. The Bible said that every time he is offering sacrifices on behalf of his children. Why? He knew that the altars must be renewed. Job was not just a rich man. He was also a priest. He was also a priest. And he understood spiritual things. Glory to Jesus. So you must ensure that there is power on the altar. When and where can an altar be established? Let me give you four, four items. Number one, a place or a time of encounter with the Lord and His Word. So, where, let's say you have a special revelation of God like Jacob had, that is a point for you to build an altar. A special revelation like uh, in the book of Genesis chapter number 12, Abraham had, he established an, an altar. That is why it is a beautiful thing, anytime you receive a word of prophecy, that you come to the altar. If the means is there, you come to the altar. Why? Because you are having a special encounter with the Lord. You have a dream, you have a vision. Look, I remember some, one, one of the things that blessed and lifted my ministry. I had a dream and I saw a certain man of God in this country, a very great man of God. As soon as I woke up from the dream, I was wondering what this meant. So immediately I tried to look for him. And when I was going, I went with a seat. I don't know him from anywhere. He has never preached to me. He has never laid hands on me before. But I encountered him and I encountered his ministry in a dream. So, I connected. It was an encounter. God has sent him to, be, to bring an impartation to me. Are you understanding me? It lifted my ministry to another level. I started seeing a certain dimension of results that I wasn't seeing before. Why? Because I established an altar when I had that encounter. I sent a seed. I had not planned for it. It wasn't part of my prepared seed. That I it's not one of the people I saw regularly to. But then I had that encounter. I said, no, this is a spiritual thing. So when you have an encounter with God and with His Word, you sow a seed. Genesis chapter 28, 16 to 20, you see, uh, you see uh, Jacob doing it. And he, in the verse 20, and Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God you will be with me and keep me and all of that, he said, I'll give you a tenth of all. So, a vow, a vow. Where can you establish an altar? A place that has a chosen priest. A man of God, whom God has called and anointed. Somebody who is a prophet of God. Somebody who carries the grace of God. You can, you can connect to that person and establish an altar. 
in Deuteronomy chapter number 18 verse 5, God was talking about the priest. He said, for the Lord thy God has chosen him out of all thy tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord with his sons forever. So, somebody who comes in the name of the Lord, where can you establish an altar? A place where God has put his name. The first one I mentioned is when you have an encounter. Now, let's say like a house of God like this, where the name, do you know that you cannot send your sacrifices, and there are some offerings you cannot send anywhere, or you cannot send everywhere. Let's say you are a member of this church, or you are somebody I regularly mean, you are a member of this church, you are a son, you are a daughter of the house, and say that, oh, you, you send your tithes to Navrongo. Or you send your tie to, you, you think that there's a certain, a certain man of God who is suffering in a certain village somewhere. So you think that, oh, as for Pastor Eben, it's okay. So let me send my tie over there. You suffer loss for it. You suffer loss for it. Are you understanding me? Where the name of the Lord has been established. Yes, that place, the name of the Lord may have been established, but that person is not your pastor. You can send that person an offering. The offering may even be bigger than your tithe. It doesn't matter. But for your tithe, you must send it to where you are receiving food. What do you think? Who is the one that is ministering to your soul? Who is the one that is building you up? Who is your father in the spirit? There are some who even maybe, you may not even be, your name is not written as a member of this church. But the, the, the ministry that builds you up, that you can see that you are receiving your spiritual elevation from. That is a father to you. That is a father to you. I don't want to go into some of this because it may sound a bit offensive to some people. But some are in a church is not because of spiritual reasons. It's because of sentimental reasons. Oh, my mother and my father are in the church and so I cannot leave the church. I can, you can say that, no, this is not where I'm receiving the blessing from. But some of those things are tummy issues. Amen and amen. I said amen and amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. But then, where the Lord has placed his name, so the house of God, the house of God, you can build an altar over there. Glory to Jesus Christ. And when do you build an altar? You can build an altar anytime, but especially in a time of need. First Samuel chapter 9 verse 11. Hannah vowed a vow. and said, Lord, if you give me this child, I'll give this child back to you. It was a vow. It was a vow. What has she done? She had established an altar. And the altar, altar spoke for her. The altar spoke for her. Glory to Jesus Christ. Praise God forevermore. So these are a few thoughts I want to share with you about altars. So that you understand what to do. Listen, when you understand these things, you can take charge of your spiritual destiny. There's another thing, a last thing I wanted to bring to your attention. Altars can be broken down. Altars can be broken down. So, if your relationship with God is not very, is not, is not, is not proper, it's not alive, you can be breaking down your altar. You are not tithing. You are not partaking in the sacrifices in the house. You are fighting against the house. You are breaking down your altar. You are against your man of God. In your heart, you are against your man of God. In your words, you are against your man of God. In your actions, you are against your man of God. You are breaking down your altar. Look at Miriam. Miriam was a, the sister, the elder sister of Moses. But when she misbehaved, she, she was struck with leprosy. And the altar that was protecting her, she was fighting against it. Or oh, you become... Canal. 
You don't build up your spirituality. You can be, you can be breaking thy altar. You can be breaking thy altar. Similarly, you can also break down demonic altars. And that's what we are going to do tonight for the next a few minutes. We are going to deal with any negative altar. We can break it down. We can take it down. We can destroy it. The Bible tells us in First Kings chapter number 18 that are before Elijah will build up a new altar unto the Lord. He repaired the broken altar of the Lord. So even the altar of the Lord could be broken. What Then demonic altars cannot be broken. What are you talking about? Tonight, any altar that has been speaking in your family for so many years, tonight is the end. I said this is the end. I said this is the end. Altars of poverty are disappearing. Anti-marriage altars are disappearing. Altars of uh, uh, poverty are being dis- will be destroyed tonight. In the name of Jesus. Altars of sicknesses are going to be silenced forever. I said they are going to be silenced forever. Altars of premature death are going to be broken down. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Is somebody ready to engage right now? I want you to jump to your feet. Jump to your feet. Glory to Jesus Christ. You need to exercise your faith and we are going to engage in fervent prayers. Fervent prayers. And you are going to call for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let the fire of the Lord descend upon every evil altar. That has been speaking against you and against your family. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been praying a lot this week, so we are not going to spend much time in prayer. Praise God. So if today is the first time, you just enjoy the atmosphere that we have already created. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But I want you to engage. Maybe there is something that I said. You realize that no, this one God is speaking to me. And listen, as we begin to pray, maybe there is something that is going on and you want to exchange. Tonight, do it. To do it. Do it with your prayer. Do it with your sacrifice. Do it. Engage. Talk to the Lord. As we begin to pray, please, don't focus on anybody. What did I say? Focus only on the Lord. Engage with the Lord. Are, are, are we together? When we begin to pray, we pray for just about some five to ten minutes. But let that be fe- very effective for you. And remember everything. And talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. I am the Lord, the healer thee. I am the Lord, your healer. I don't know, I just hear the song playing in the spirit. I sent my word and, and I healed your disease. Oh. I am the Lord, your healer. All of a sudden, I see angels entering to the auditorium right now. Who's ready to pray tonight? It is time to deal with the Lord right now, personally. I don't know what situation you want God to heal.
Who can sense the presence of the Holy Ghost here now? Imamama Sokata, Psalm 107, the verse number 20. Gabalabaya, Mendelebekashatalabradia. The Bible says that, and he sent his word. Did you realize that today I just been taking time to share with you the word of God? I didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was doing. All I knew, I thought that when I come, the my plan actually was that when I come, we're just going to stop praying. As we're just singing a song, the Holy Ghost just gave me an instruction on what he was going to do. He said that, talk to them. And then, minister to them. So, this is a Holy Ghost meeting right now. He said, he says his word, and he healed them, and he delivered them from their distractions. Their distractions. Anything that is a distraction to you tonight, you are going to engage the word that you have just heard. The Lord said, is going to deliver you tonight. Amen. He's going to set you free tonight. Amen. He's going to set your family free tonight. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we are, the, 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 the singers will be singing, the, the ministers will be ministering, but you pray and begin to talk to the Lord. I don't know what issue is an a burden on your heart. Oh, but the Lord said that this is the, the, the time has come. The time has come for there to be a ministry of His Spirit. He sent His word. Whether sickness, whether distraction, whether affliction against you, against your family. Tonight, let there be an exchange. I said, let there be an exchange. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www emenezaokronipa.com or call 0546-36-3957 God bless you